Hi, I'm Jenny Ann. Hi, I'm Matt. And, and we're, we're two, two gunslingers, gunslingers connecting, connecting the, the dots. dots. Welcome to the premiere episode in this podcast. We're going to share our love for Stephen King and the universe that he has created. Uh, Jenny, how about you tell us about your first time uh, with Stephen King and his work? Well, Matt, my love affair with Stephen King started with the publication of The Shining. I read it first, and that same time was the theatrical release of Carrie, which I went and saw. And then soon after both of those things, I read Salem's Lot, and then I read Carrie. And from that moment on, I've read each book as it was published. I've also read many of the articles about Mr. King and his works of nonfiction. My dream vacation is to spend time at the Stephen King Library at the University of Maine in Orono. Matt, what about you? How did you come to like Stephen King? Oh, man. I really... Um, so I was kind of paranoid of Stephen King for a while because, like, I knew that they were scary stories. Many people are. <laughs> and I think it was only after you and I went and saw... Uh, the Dark Tower at the movie theaters. And uh, I remember me being like, oh, that was kind of an interesting show. And you being like cringing. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. Interesting, yes. Yeah. And so after that, I decided to read The Dark Tower. And I actually listened to the audiobook. Uh, instead of reading it, I, I do most of my Stephen King consumption via audiobook. Um, no, Audible's not sponsoring this. <laughs> okay. Well, folks, we decided to do this podcast to share our love with Mr. King, our thoughts about the characters he creates, and the way he weaves locations, songs, words, and characters throughout all his works. We want to share our thoughts about the film versions of his stories and most of all, the things we like about his stories. We hope we get a good body of listeners who share our love of Mr. King and appreciate our thoughts. And we're going to start loosely from the beginning. This episode, we're going to talk about Salem's Lot. It was published in 1975. It was his second book um, published um, sort of building on a short story he wrote called Jerusalem's Lot. That's the town, and Salem is the shortened version of Jerusalem. And Matt, have you read Salem's Lot? I have read Salem's, well, I've listened to Salem's Lot, and I was drawn to Salem's Lot while um, going through the Dark Tower. He alludes to Salem's Lot quite a bit, and... Um, there was a character I fell in love with, the priest. <laughs> and uh, so I just had to listen to the book. The priest was a good character. And that's, I mean, that's one of the things that drew us to do this podcast or those connections that you just noted. And throughout his work, we see those again and again. And um, I'm rereading a lot of the books, even the ones I've read multiple times for this podcast, and I'm finding new ones each time. But for Stephen King, um, this was the first book I bought for my Kindle, which was a Christmas present this year, because I went to my bookcase and I've lent my Salem's Lot book to somebody and it's never came back, probably more than once. But anyway, I read it again um, on my Kindle and 
the main thing I forgot is how scary it was. That book scared me. I had to like quit reading it at night once because I was here alone. Did you find it scary, Matt? Oh, yes. I was, I was listening to it as I was driving down the road. <laughs> I was like, it's a good thing I stayed on the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of the things I've read about how this came to be is that Stephen King and his wife, Tabitha, who is a fine author in her own right, we're talking about what would happen if Dracula came back to modern America. And uh, if you believe the Lord, Tabitha said something like he'd probably be run over by a taxi cab in New York City. And they laughed. <laughs> and then um, Tabitha said, but what if he came to a small town in rural America? And that was the seed um, mm -hmm. for Salem's Lot. And I think is, you know, I think about it. I've always been fascinated with vampires. Um, still read the, Bram Stoker novel. I watched most of the movies, although some of them are pretty scary for me in this day and time. And so I just forgot about how scary this book was. And something that I noticed that I had missed because it'd been a long time is he used the quote in this book that is the same phrase that he uses in the book It to help Bill overcome his stuttering. He thrust his fist against the post and still insist he sees the ghost. That was a new connection for me. What else do you think about Salem's Lot and vampires, Matt? Gosh, vampires have always kind of grossed me out. <laughs> and when I was listening to Salem's Lot, I was totally grossed out. <laughs> I thought it was really... I was drawn to the the idea of like good and evil that he uses and how he really messed with the priest's mind and everything. I mean, he, yeah, I was just blown away by that. Um, but vampires themselves, I mean, it's like, you know, if, if Stephen King's goal was to gross me out, he succeeded because it's like, oh, don't don't go there. <laughs> I think that is his goal. I read once that he said if he could top it without throwing up on his IBM Selectric, which is what he first wrote on, it was going to go in the book. Oh. But yeah, there's been a and there's one book of his. I won't mention it yet. We'll get to it way later. But I had to skip a few pages oh. and I've never reread it. But um, I think that and you know, the gist of it that most of you probably know is this writer has returned to the town where he lived as a kid, Jerusalem's Lot, Maine. He's been gone 25 years and he's trying to write an, his next novel. He had one good novel and he, he ended up with um, writer's block. The character's name is Ben Mears. And um, of course there's a long abandoned Marston house, the haunted house that sits up on the hill. And I think, to me, one of the most crushing things about this book is Ben Mears falls in love with a local girl, Susan Norton, and he ends up having to stake her in the heart because she's turned into a vampire. That was tough. Oh, speaking of which, I forgot to include, there are spoilers in this episode. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert to yes. <laughs> Um, I think the other thing that made it so horrifying is that it was ordinary people. You know, it was the kid down the street and his little brother. And 
even when they started realizing that the vampires were real, it, it's like they almost quite didn't believe it. And thus the priest ends up getting it. Susan mm -hmm. ends up getting it. Everybody pretty well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most people. Yeah. That poor little town. Oof. Oh. So another thing about Salem's Lot is it's been made into two different tv movies one of them was in 1979 i believe and starred david soul of starsky and Hame, of starsky and hutch fame and then another one was made in 2004 with rob lowe i've seen them both years ago um they were passable i think i don't remember them being great i don't remember them being really bad mm. have you seen either one of those matt i haven't seen either of the salem lot uh shows honestly i'm gonna be honest salem's lot was my least favorite of the stephen king books okay um yeah <laughs> well it's it's probably not in my top 10. yeah but if you think about it the man's been writing since 1974 well mm. before that but been published and um i think he got better i think he and has. so um it's not in my top 10, but it's not in my bottom 10 mm -hmm. either. I think one of the things is vampires tend to be done and overdone. Yeah. I do think he had a slightly different spin on it, and I'm not sure there's any more spins left. So, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being fantastic, how creative do you feel Salem's Lot was? A solid five. Solid five. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't recreate a vampire because mm -hmm. it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And he maintained all of the legendary mm -hmm. information about vampires mm -hmm. not coming out in the daytime, mm -hmm. wooden stake, silver, mm -hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera. And then he mixed that up with this modern day at the time world. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I think it was the beginning of some good stuff. Yeah. Would you say that like this book in particular was probably most notable for the fact that he tied, you know, vampires into modern day to day? I think in terms of creativity, if I were to rate him, I'd give it a 5-2, but the fact that he like ties it into his universe he creates, I'd give it a 10. Okay. But see, this was the beginning of the universe. Yeah. So, right. And I think what happens like you is most people don't read Salem's lot first. Yeah. Like I did, you know, they go back after he's been writing for 20 years and then they read it and they automatically see the connections. I've gained the connections over time. Yeah. So to speak. Okay. And now, sort of the the final thing i want to talk about with um this book and other things is, is speaking of connections as there are many stephen king characters who are writers as mr king says we write best about what we know mm -hmm. mr king is a writer and thus writes a lot about writers and you'll be hearing more about this in future episodes but in addition to ben mears you're going to hear about jack torrance from the shining Paul Sheldon from Misery, Thad Beaumont slash George Stark from The Dark Half, Mike Noonan from Bag of Bones, Scott Landon from Lisey's Story, 
Howard Louder from the stand and Bill Denbro from it. And there may be some I've missed. Mm. We hope you enjoyed this first episode. Stay tuned for future episodes and keep on trekking toward the dark tower.